I'm Tim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend a little bit of your week with me. This is a podcast where I like to share thoughts on on life. Really, it's about the, the life abundant that Jesus offered his followers way back in John chapter 10, verse 10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message everywhere. And many of the letters that we have include this phrase, grace and peace. It's a greeting, certainly, but it's also more than that. It's a way of well, living abundant. And so this podcast is a place to share some of the ways in which I'm growing and living with grace and peace. So again, thanks for joining me on this adventure. I'm honored to spend these moments together. My prayer is that as we spend this time, we'll sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Can I be honest for a second? I really hate this passage. I seriously, every time I read it, I feel, I feel like an, an utter mess. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's regularly something that feels beyond my grasp. It feels like a few lines of impossibility. Well, the truth is, complaining is like second, a second natural language to me, like sarcasm. I find myself speaking it fluently. And I'm really gifted at complaining, too. I can multitask my complaining. In a matter of a few seconds, I can complain about drivers and being hot and racing to the next thing and my kid kicking the seat in front of them and all of it from the comfort of my captain's chair as I zip down the highway. I can complain about politicians. That's kind of easy. I can complain about government waste or government words. Sometimes they're the same thing. I can complain about being too busy and then complain about having nothing to watch on the hundreds of channels on my television. I can complain that the church isn't meeting or that it is meeting, but it's not doing what I want it to do or that its people aren't more holy or should be less whiny, like me, of course. And all of this, Paul's words interrupt my desire for personal preference and constant bickering. Do everything without complaining. I wish Paul had added, unless you really need to, in order to decompress a bit. He didn't. I wish he would have given me a chance to explain why I needed to post that complaint on Facebook, though. I mean, people need to hear that I'm upset about something. He didn't do that either. Well, Paul lived in a different time, though. He would probably join in about the pandemic or masks or social distancing or the government arguing and playing games, right? I seriously doubt it. The truth is, Paul's world was just as messed up as ours. His church was a hot mess. He even had religious people trying to kill him several times. He had to deal with squabbles and infighting all around him. And while we worry about online or in-person worship or the placement of a cross on an altar, Paul had to deal with new converts deciding if eating meat offered at pagan temples was allowed or if a little surgery was needed to ensure non-Jewish believers were truly saved. And the government, well, that was even more of a mess. Not only could they not agree, but in many cases they were just as willing to maim and kill Paul as listen to him. He was a citizen, but that didn't keep him from eventually being martyred. 
He watched friends crucified and others tortured. He traveled much of the known world, and he endured sleepless nights, hunger pains, beatings, a shipwreck, imprisonment. Paul had every right in the world to complain, but instead, he encourages to reject what comes so easy and so natural. But how? How did he do it? Paul was just like us, like you and I. He wasn't superhuman. He was far from angelic. Part of the answer has to lie, though, in the rest of this letter to the church at Philippi. In preacher world, Philippians 2 is a giant passage that is jammed full of theological, deep, rich treasures. I spent weeks in Greek and theology and Pauline study classes just exploring verses 5 through 11. The section is called the Kenosis passage. It speaks of Jesus' servant-style leadership. Many people think that these verses were part of a song, which makes total sense if you think about it. What better way to grasp and own such a wild thought but to sing about it? What better way to respond to hardship than to sing that Jesus endured it too, and he did it with the attitude of a servant? Singing of the high name of Jesus when the crushing load of governmental control and corruption is bearing down on you sounds like a pretty good idea. Kenosis means emptying out, and as I think about it, when I'm complaining, I'm not very empty. When I'm argumentative and combative, I'm pretty full, full of myself, full of words, full of response. I have no room to listen, to hear, to understand. I only have space for my preference and my perspective. While he took the very nature of a servant and humbled himself, I often take the nature of all-knowing, all-wise, and ever-offended. I'm spending most mornings recently slowly reading through Thomas Akempis' book, The Imitation of Christ. There are parts of the book that are just tough to sludge my way through. He's writing to monks that are struggling to be faithful, and some of his counsel, it's a little dated and strange. But there are other parts that are just as convicting today as they would have been 500 years ago. In speaking about building a deeper interior life, Akempis challenges with the following words, Christ was willing to be assaulted and despised, and yet you have the nerve to whine and to wail just because something untoward happened to you? Christ had accusers and detractors, and yet you want to have only friends and benefactors? How can your patience be crowned with prosperity if it's never been crushed by adversity? How will you ever be a friend of Christ's if you're going to cry out every time you stub your toe? Uh, that toe part stings a little bit. For Paul and for Akempis, the reason to do everything without complaining has everything to do with Jesus. It's Jesus' own life that is the example. He had every right as the Son of the living God to complain about all kinds of things, but instead, he endured. Oh, he spoke truth and devastation. He confronted brokenness and sin, but even those words were filled with grace. I can't say the same about mine. Our world is filled with words, noise, complaints. What would happen if the church of Jesus rejected the right to complain and argue and instead chose the Jesus way? What if we chose to be second instead of being heard? What if we rejected the right to always be right? What if instead of making the noise of the victim, we choose to let humble, innocent lives shine brighter than dark words? What if we endured instead of retaliated? Do everything without complaining or arguing. Everything. 
it's a ridiculous thing to be told to do. And yet, I have a feeling that if I chose to sing the song of Jesus more often, to remember how he chose to take on the world's brokenness, then maybe I might see the world around me differently. Maybe my joy would be more complete. Maybe when the crooked and perverse seem to prevail, the brightness of God's glory would make an even bigger impact. Thanks again for taking a little bit of time uh, with me today to listen to this podcast, uh, Living with Grace and Peace. Uh, I hope uh, it's blessed you in these words. Maybe I've given you an opportunity to, to think a little bit deeper and pray a little bit harder. If it has blessed you or encouraged you, I hope you'll share it with somebody. Again, who knows? Maybe, um, maybe in your sharing, someone else will uh, will see the light of Jesus in in all of us. I invite you once again to to join me next week as we continue to journey uh, together throughout this pandemic and throughout all the nonsense that's around us. Um, and as we do, uh, I'm going to be praying that uh, that the incredible love of Abba that the nonstop grace of Jesus, that the empowering presence of Holy Spirit would be in you, would go with you and be shared with all. Until next time, grace and peace.